you know, there's all of this literature on Jewish whiteness, um, asking the question, how do Jews become white folks? Like quite literally one of the titles of the books that I am constantly reading. Um, and it kept being talked about this as this sort of like finalized and fixed position, um, which makes a lot of sense. But in another way, like, I, part of what is so insidious and complex about whiteness is that it keeps demanding that you invest in the structures of whiteness. Um, and so it's like that, that isn't done. It continues, right? Like whiteness is a process that continues and demands reinvestment and replication. Um, and so to think about Jews as sort of like Jews became white and that is the end of the story feels really incomplete to me, mm. right? That feels to me like we need a much more um, nuanced understanding of what that looks like um, if we are as, you know, like members of a Jewish community truly invested in dismantling whiteness and thinking about what um, white supremacy means for us in our own communities and anti-blackness means for us in our own communities. Um, like we need a much more detailed, more up-to-date discussion mm. about what this means. Um, and then the layer that I put over on top of that, because, you know, that feels like such a big question is um, how does food help us see the way this is ongoing okay this is the part i do remember yeah yeah mm -hmm. talk more about that yeah yeah um so there i am indebted to like a few fantastic scholars um one of them that i always shout out because her work is just amazing is um kyla was on a tompkins mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um who wrote racial indigestion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and um you know it's like i think i think this idea and she she starts it really this idea that uh, eating as a social practice um, does not escape racializing forces of the context and histories in which it exists. Um, so one of the ways that we can sort of think about how race is working and how conceptions of race are working is to think about like where that meets this practice of eating. Um, you know, it's like I'm, I'm going to bastardize um, a quote by Anthony Bourdain when he says, like, there's nothing more political than seeing who is eating and who isn't. Um, and so that kind of um, who's eating, who's eating what, who's eating where, and who are they eating it with mm. is a question that I think um, when we start to look at it through this idea of like, now let's lay on top of that, thinking about conceptions of race, ethno-racial identity um, and ethno can, could you explain what ethno-racial yeah um so it's a term that comes uh into popularity it's like especially to talk about jewishness um because there is it's a really fraught um idea that like jews are a race which is not what i am insinuating um okay. but this is a thing yeah. i wanted to ask because like <laughs> I've always like I've met Jewish people and they give me different answers. So I mean, I, I just take it as a case by case. But yeah, what 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 would be your answer to this as a yes? Yeah. yeah. 
scholar. So, so yeah. like that comes out of a very particular history in which historically Jews were depicted and categorized um, socially, legally as a um, as a race of people. Yeah. Um, assimilation sort of like happens through a number of mechanisms and processes, um, and is complex and messy and not. Uh, equally attainable to all folks, right? Like, um, you know, often when we're talking about Jewish communities, we're talking about um, Ashkenazic communities, like Eastern European Jews, um, and then Mizrahi, Middle Eastern Jews, and Sephardic Jews, um, Jews from like regions of Spain. Um, hmm. And now, you know, like those three subgroups do not have equal access to whiteness. Um, and in fact, not all of those people can operate in the world as white folks, right? Um, and so like one of the problems of Jewish studies right now is that we are, um, and Jewish like scholarship is that it um, disproportionately focuses on Ashkenazi Jews, Jews with the most access to whiteness. So like as that body of um, American Jewry is becoming more accepted in white spaces, the idea that they are a distinct group um, that has a unique identity that they can coalesce around feels like it's sort of slipping out of their grasp. Um, and they themselves invest later on in the notion that they are a distinct um, racial or ethnic classification of folks. So like in the 80s, um, like in the 1980s, there are Jewish communities, or particularly there's a synagogue, it gets vandalized, um, and it takes its case to the local courts because what it wants is the classification of Jews as a distinct race so that they can access um, legal protections and classify this not as like an anti-religious um, crime, but as a, like, uh, a hate crime on the basis of race. And the language of race and sort of like, um, uh, you know, um, what Eric Goldstein, who wrote The Price of Whiteness, calls um, blood logic, hmm. right? This idea that like, yes, Jews are a distinct race. Um, that's really complicated. I do not come down in that camp of like, Jews are a, Jews are a distinct race. Um, but ethno-racial comes out of this kind of like, how, how are we going to talk about Jewish difference? Um, like an ethno-racial is one of the terms proposed. So I, you know, it's just, it's so complex because it's like, you know, you give me this very well, like very in, like in-depth answer. And then I'm just still like, I still like, I, as a black person, I'm just like, I still would, I, I guess I don't see an issue in Jewish people like saying, oh, we are a racial classification. Like I get I get the understanding behind it, especially when legal matters come up. But it seems like whiteness kind of takes over when when, when this kind of classification um, is. Yeah, try, trying to happen like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's sort of like the places where it gets fraught for me are, 
you know, or at least maybe this is the way to think about it is um, the places that are really exciting for me are the places where we can think about Jewishness as um, highly, highly mutable and dynamic and um, a kind of way of being, a way of being in the world that is not about who your parents are. It is not about the religion that you practice. Like it might be those things for you, but it can also be more, right? Like this is part of the difficulty of talking about Jewishness is um, it's a, uh, for many people, an ethno-racial position um, can be a religious position and can be a cultural position. Hmm. So finding a way to sort of like talk about Jewishness in ways that don't um, disproportionately center whiteness, make space for, you know, queer Jews, right? Because that's part of the, you know, something that gets contested, hmm. right? Is like religious fundamental saying, if you are queer, you're not I'm a not Jew. Either. Those things are antithetical, Wow. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Folks saying that that Jewish converts are not Jewish, you know, like it's huh. highly contested. Yeah. So, <laughs> Molly, this is so confusing. I know. I know. But like, here's the thing, like. It can be right. Like, like, so that is the beautiful thing. This is the thing that I love about it and think can actually be really productive and potentially liberatory is if we think about like yeah every time we try to define it that's going to get pushed against right like we'll like but to think about it as I see here's where I start to lose words right um to describe what it could be but in that messy space of being and becoming mm. like and in constant like relationship to each other in the world yeah this work it's fun and interesting <laughs> i know that's that's where there's folks that's where you're that's why you're a jewish study scholar you're gonna figure all of this out and explain it to folks <laughs> oh good good god the idea that i'm explaining this to, like you know that i'm yeah i'll, yeah. I'll try my bit you know but i mean i just feels like a big task it is but it's like one that i i really think it's one that would kind of shed a lot of light on just what Jewishness is, like concepts of Jewish identity, what like all of that. And I think I think it's important for me, which is why I wanted to bring you on, because it's like, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm just always going to be in solidarity with oppressed folks. So, you know, I I want to I just want to understand it for myself, but it's also like I yeah I also didn't realize how complicated it was but it but it it, it all all kinds of kind all kinds of identity is identity itself is complicated yeah. so, you know yeah do I as a person who have um you know Jewish folks in my family um don't do a ton of religious practicing um do I have the right to speak on Jewish matters. Hmm. Um, and that was something I had to sort of figure out for myself and, you know, what it meant to, to claim a kind of space and voice um, on these topics and sort of to decide that, you know, 
uh, my way of being in the world um, was Jewish enough, you know, to, to, to take this up as something that was um, gonna be part of my scholarship, but also, you know, my personal, um, my personal identity. And I think that's what I think um, what I see is important about your work, because it's not only are you trying to work through um, these really messy and complicated uh, aspects of Jewish identity, you're all it's also a very personal project, too, um, which I think I, I, I think those are the best projects like one of the things I sort of had to reckon with. And I, I don't know that I'm, you know, um, making the right decisions or that I have found the balance is how much do I center this identity that is mine, that is important to me? Um, and what do I potentially sort of like fail to turn my attention to by, by focusing on Jewishness? So like, you know, one of the things I had to decide was, you know, um, do I focus this on Ashkenazi Jews, my, my doctoral work? Um, and that's where so much of the scholarship is and sort of like carve out the next, you know, niche of scholarship. I, I chose to focus on Ashkenazi Jews, you know, but what I, what I failed to do in doing that is um, do right by Mizrahi Jews, mm. Sephardic Jews, mm. other Jews of color, right? Like, um, and that might not be my project to work on, mm. But, you know, you know, these are no easy answers. I wrestle with these things. But yeah, you, I mean, you, you just you just got to write a dissertation. <laughs> At the end that's of all the day, you something do. has to be submitted. Yeah, exactly. That's all you got to do. Um, I like that you said that's all you have to do. Like, I mean, I mean, it's it's not an easy task, but like, it's just it's a thing that has to happen. <laughs> Yeah. With Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, being in more more widely media, being in more wide media circulation, um, especially last year, I remember alongside conversations of anti-Blackness, there were um, conversations about anti-Semitism. How do you say it? Anti-Semitism? Anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism. Oh Lord. Um, <laughs> I remember <laughs> I remember those those conversations happening. And then, you know, with you kind of providing this answer, like, you know, Jews aren't necessarily a I like a racial category. Where does like a discourse of anti-Semitism come from if this is a kind of contested thing? in terms of Jewish identity? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, oh God, you know, anti-Semitism is so old. It's so old. I mean, um, gosh, I recently read somewhere that, um, you know, the second largest mass killing of Jews was, um, during the time of the great plague, mm. you know, and it was on the bounds of um, anti-Semitism, um, you know, and a lot of it stems from, um, I mean, multiple factors, 
right? Um, and one of them is seeing Jews as a distinct group, um, religiously, um, you know, ethnically, racially, to whatever extent those words apply historically is always a question. Um, but certainly they were always, Jews were seen as like a separate tribe and, and charged with tribalism. Um, and, you know, part of what happens is that because um, Jewish folks were kept out of um, a lot of aspects of public life, they sort of begin to congregate on the margins. So within Eastern Europe, there's a long stretches of time when Jews are either expelled from countries, you know, you know, there's a great expulsion from Spain and from England, you know, throughout like um, Queen Elizabeth's reign. And, you know, 1492 is also, I think, the year of the expulsion of the Jews from Spain. Like technically they all belong to the king or the queen. Wow. Um, and we're kind of like uh, the sovereigns to do with what they will. And a lot of that was like tax out the wazoo. Um, you know, so it's complicated. It sort of stems from this idea that pops up with Christianity of Jews being Christ killers. Hmm. Um, that's a big one. Um, and then kind of like a skewed notion of Jews as um, more economically successful than other groups, right? And like, that must be through nefarious reasons, you know, so money becomes a big part of um, like the development of modern anti-Semitism, mm. you know? So a lot of my little, like my anti-Semitic radar goes off when I hear things about, you know, like, well, this is, this is the media controlling Da, 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 da. Or this is like the globalist agenda. When I hear globalist, my ears just perk up and I go, okay. I see. <laughs> you know, like, because those have been used, you know, historically synonymously with sort of like the Jewish globalist agenda, you know, like the uh. Jewish control of the media. I mean, um, to the point that one of these sort of like really sticky, it just will not go away pieces of anti-Semitic propaganda is called the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. And it is um, this really old document and it purports to be the meeting notes of a bunch of Jewish leaders, Jewish elders, right? The elders of Zion. And um, it, I know I see your face, it details the Jewish plot to run the world. Uh, totally falsified, you know, it's a piece of anti-Semitic propaganda, wow. but it just keeps getting reprinted and reprinted and reprinted, um, including a reprint that was paid for, I think, by Henry Ford. Hmm. Well, this is, it's so interesting that you say that anti-Semitism is so old, where it just feels like it's so new, like with <laughs> with just recent displays of violence against Jews. And then just like, I mean, I'm Trump, of course. And then um, I'm thinking of, uh, I, I feel like there was something that happened on campus where President Schill was like, kind of addressing it and saying like, you know, I'm a member of this community too, or whatever. Um, Pre we can save him for another day but just like <laughs> thank you <laughs> just like just 
thinking about yeah these yeah these displays of violence it, it kind of seems you know even though you said this is a kind of old um just very historical uh way like kind of d way of discrimination like just more recently it just seems like i don't know if it's like more of a surge or I, I i don't know and i don't know if if that has something to do with just the political climate you know yeah and i mean it's it's interesting because these things are often in flux and one of the questions i'm always having to ask when i go and look at historical data is like how are how is the data set potentially changed so um like if you look at the fbi's um like anti-semitic crimes like yeah they are on the rise you know um you know and if you're like tapped into jewish networks it's like you know a jewish a visibly jewish dude was stabbed on the street in new york not too long ago you know like swastikas on jewish graves are pretty common um oh, wow. yeah wow. yeah yeah unfortunately it it happens more than you you'd like to imagine it does um you know, I mean, I, I was having, I was uh, road tripping with my dad um, and, you know, this is, you know, from where my Jewish heritage comes. And he said something, my sister got a tattoo and he was saying, so I'm just from like, I just, my, my instinct was always like, and my dad taught me this, you never get a tattoo because that's something you could be identified by, mm. like, you know, by the state. Like, it just makes you more visible and easy to target. And in my head, I had to go like, that is some, that is some leftover trauma. Like that is some leftover generational trauma. Mm. Um, you know, so like for many, many folks in the Jewish community, the stuff that is happening um, is deeply concerning, um, but was never entirely gone, mm. you know? Mm. So yeah, okay, okay, I see. Um, and yeah, so I guess my final question is, you know, how do you, as a Jewish scholar, a Jewish person, how do you see like a kind of like solidarity between these conversations of? anti-Semitism and anti-Blackness? How do you see them, you know, coming together or, yeah, how do you see them existing in the same kind of conversation and not like overshadowing each other? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think this is where, um, it's been interesting to watch Jewish studies departments and Jewish scholars think through sort of their place um, like in the world. I'm thinking specifically California is trying to institute a ethnic studies requirement for um, college students. And um, a lot of Jewish studies departments wanted to be part of that, to be included in that requirement. Um, in, in some problematic ways that didn't acknowledge the way that Judaic studies, while a discipline and sort of like a, a set of really specific knowledges in its own right, is deeply indebted to the work of scholars of color, communities of color, like black women feminisms, like 
These other most things. <laughs> yeah. Add it to the list. Um, people who have taught Jewish folks better ways to think about the world mm. and terminology that helps us think about the world. Mm. Um, and not everybody is great about citing who they are indebted to and haven't yet done the work of recognizing the way that they might experience violence, but that they also commit violences. Mm, mm, mm. Um, it's like that work is hard. It's ongoing. It doesn't end. But if you're going to be in solidarity with folks, that is that is the bare minimum. That's the first step is like a real hard look at where you fucked up. Can I say fucked up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you know, which, which, um, like Jewish communities have, like, just historically, you know, the transition of some Jews into whiteness does violence mm. on black and brown bodies. Like, really, it, it came at the expense of a lot of folks of color. Um, and to sort of not think about, you know what I mean? Like, so my hope really going forward is that like there, there is a way that Jewish studies um, can do a really introspective and serious accounting of where its priorities lie um, and the debt that it owes to ethnic studies departments, black studies departments, scholars of color, um, and can reorient itself because Judaic studies should not be a kind of version of white studies. That excludes so many Jewish folks, right? Um, and so to think about Jewish studies as synonymous with like whiteness, is it's incorrect. And it excludes a lot of folks um, and that just won't do, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of good people out there sort of thinking in liberatory and radical ways with uh, like doing a lot of hard work to think about their own anti-blackness and the way that they privilege, uh, they uh, benefit from, you know, the white privilege that they have, you know? And I hope that there's, you know, like a really beautiful radical future that includes solidarity with black folks people of color i definitely see it like i definitely see it but i know that it's something that i will have to wait to see <laughs> you know yeah yeah and i mean like that's it's so interesting to like have conversations with kind of an older an older generation that's really invested Hmm. in in some of these things like empire building and nation building and trying to get those folks to rethink what that means and how that eats away yeah. at, at solidarity um yeah. and at like collective liberation um uh, it's hard you know and a lot of people have lost community over it hmm. um in times that are already scary yeah. But the price of doing of not doing it is too high. 